I want to say, ooh, long time, almost five years. Oh wow, that's Why? cool. Mine, mine's been growing uh, since like the pandemic. I guess I think I cut it last in nineteen. So yeah, like I, I cut it like a little bit because I've been growing it since two thousand and fifteen. Wow! But then I cut it short again because it's the same thing. I got tired of it and I was ready to cut it. So I literally just quit my job. And then I literally first before I even did my first um my my first 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 time I did open mic, I still had my long hair. But maybe that within that week I cut it and then I started doing comedy religiously during the before the pandemic. Well, congratulations um on getting out of Amazon. Oh man, I that <laughs> I heard they're the worst. Yeah, I've heard I've heard bad things and I know that you like you, you know, you once you started with them you had like no free time, basically. You know, it's not hard work. Not don't make me seem like oh, it was hard and they. It's literally your whole life though, because you mm-hmm. work four days in a row, and within those three days, you're you're, you're recuperating your body from those four days. Yeah, plus you got so like, like you don't want to do nothing. You're too tired to do it. And then I got kids, so I had to force myself to do things. Right, I would say you got to do. You have to do stuff like run yeah, and I got exactly. You know? And then, but that's I'm so beat yeah. mentally that right towards the end, like I never admitted about depression. I never, you know, I never told about people's depression. I never admitted I had that. That job definitely gave me depression. Right? Towards the end, I was like, oh, I can't do this no more because you know. I, in 2019, I quit a job just like that to start doing comedy. Wow. And then I'm going back to it. That's what it really, I think, really was. Like, I felt like I went back to what I was leaving. Yeah. To do right. something I was happy doing. So that's the only thing probably. But then when I left there, I got, I, I work at the dispensary now. We're dispensary. So, oh, hell yeah, dude. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love my job, man. I'm really got any free samples? <laughs> Always. Every every other, yeah, we do. We get free samples. Well, oh no, I mean for me. It's not from our, our, our own our own um, crop. It's from other um, dispensaries. We'll pay like five dollars for an eighth, which wow, that's great. That's incredible. Yeah, congratulations. Well, that's quite the upgrade. Yeah, I mean, not, don't get me wrong. Not everything that we get is like really good but it's five dollars you know <laughs> <laughs> that's night, i man. feel like that's more your uh that's more your jam yeah you know cause... yeah definitely because i get to do because where i'm working now is to camden which is like literally 10 minutes from philly oh. so i just literally got a bridge ride over to philly i can do open mics on monday tuesday wednesday thursdays or the oh. days i work right after i get out of work is by the time i get out of work all the open mics are starting, you know. So you, uh, even if I get this late, I, I don't mind it because I'm right there. Did you ever but stop yeah. in Philly and get a Jersey cheesesteak? A Jersey cheesesteak? <laughs> <laughs> nah. You know what's crazy? I I had Philly cheesesteaks, what they call Philly. I, I like the regular cheesesteaks. I don't like. I'm not big on the cheese whiz. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I right. That kind of weird for me. When I heard they do cheese whiz, I'm like, what? What? Why? I get why some people like like I like cheese whiz, but on different stuff like on my fry. Yeah, yeah like on a Ritz or something. Sense. I don't know, like directly from the can. Yeah, sure. I think it's like a, an, <laughs> off of off of another person, you know. Ew. Yeah, I'm I'm simple when it comes to my cheese steak: fried onions, mushrooms, and extra American cheese, and it got to be white because yellow cheese looks weird. I watched oh, I watched uh, we googled the wrong things as kids, and it, it ruined us. <laughs> Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, on that note, what is up? Welcome to the hypothetical 
comedy. I almost forgot where we were. The Hypothetical <laughs> Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Chino DeLeon. What's up, Chino? What's up, buddy? Uh, I love y'all, man. I missed y'all so much. I know oh, man. Forever. Yeah, we just know you I'll be reading your comments and liking it all the time, man. Seriously, I want to say this from the bottom of my pride that y'all continue hypothetical comedy. I see y'all continue to venture more into that. So I just hope all the success for y'all, man. This series, I'm happy that y'all have me on. I appreciate to be here, you know. So definitely can't wait to hit Cali because then we can really link up. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be hella cool. Yeah, man, I agree with you. I, I, uh, well, thank you very much, but I also yeah. wish the most success on to you because you're an amazing dude, and uh, you know you're you're doing good things and you're coming up in the world a little bit. Appreciate, it, appreciate, it, brother. Hell yeah, I try, man, I try. You know, <laughs> and you look like me. So if you fail, then I fail. No, I'm, just... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just we kidding. can't be both failures. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason why I brought the, the what I said Jersey's cheesesteak was because. One of my favorite rants that you always used to do was that Philly <laughs> stole the cheesesteak from Jersey. Well, this is what it is. In Tr- we have a we have a restaurant in Trenton called Pete's Steakhouse. And they were open from like early 1900s. And their original name was Cheese Steaks. Philly would call them uh, steak sandwiches or steak and cheese. Oh, Out of wow. nowhere... The word cheesesteak migrated over there, and I'm not like I'm. It could been happening in the 1800s, but from my research, the the original place to call it cheese steaks was where I'm from, Troy, New Jersey. But hey, man, hey, it, we have a bridge literally that says Trenton makes the world takes. So it's just wow. another thing they take from us, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fun awesome. Fact, I lived in a city that created uh, the Golden State Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, and most bridges in America. Well, the metal. The oh, I did not know that. Came, yeah, the steel came from Trent, New Jersey, the Roebling factories. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, are you are you born and raised in uh, Trenton? Born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey, Mercer Hospital, which doesn't exist no more. Anybody that's born in Trenton is born in Hopewell, New Jersey, because that's where the hospitals are now. Oh, damn, they have to go all the way to a different city. Yeah, I'm a real original. <laughs> My son actually... <laughs> My son is one of the last kids that were um, born in Trenton. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So you're like... My daughter was born all the way in Princeton, so she's a little bougie. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's cool. What's it like for you uh, growing up in Trenton, um, you know, as a kid? It's different because, you know, I grew up, even though I have both of my parents, my, my mom was a workaholic. And my dad was a drug addict. He was, he was an alcoholic, drug addict. But he was always around, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't around when he needed to be. He was around when nobody needed him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank God. We've been clean about eight years now. We're in great relationship. We have a great father-son relationship. I have two little brothers that are five and six. Yeah, I'm about to be, I am 35. And I have two little brothers that age, but I, growing up it was pretty fun, man. Like uh, in, where my grandma lived, I had a bunch of kids in every house that were around my age, so we always had kids my age playing from 
early in the morning to 10 o'clock at night when you see there's a bunch of us kids on whoever's porch playing, talking, trash talking. But when I came to my mom, my mom lived more in a neighborhood where it was older people. So I really ain't. I stayed home. <laughs> my mom was more in that neighborhood. Than my dad's side. My dad's side was like, as long as you're in front of the house or not in trouble, do what you want. My mom was like, yeah, once that light hits the streets, you get your ass in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and your dad's like, wait, you're here? You're all here this weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yo, funny, a real funny story is that my dad used to work. So, like, and I, even though I made him seem like he was a bum, he wasn't a bum. He, but he'll come home Friday from work, give me a kiss, give me a twenty dollar bill, and be gone the whole weekend. I see him as I'm leaving, going back to my mom's. Wow, dude, I have a similar situation. Uh, my dad, I mean, he wouldn't even like come home on Friday night. He would go to work on Friday morning and come home Monday after work. Yeah. So, oh, and most times it was like that too with my dad in the summer, especially in the summer. Well, you're I lucky, man. You got twenty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be at my grandparents' up. Even though, like I said, my mom was working, so I was mo- most of my life as a uh, kid from the age of, I want to say, three to 12, I was really raised by my grandparents, my, my grandmom and my, and my grandfather, uh, who just passed away recently. Um, but my mom was always there. My mom never missed a beat. She just worked a lot. She had to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was old. Single parent with three kids, so she may have to make sure she had to be at work whenever they yeah, needed her and she needed the money. So I, I don't blame her. As an adult, I get it. Now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely now. see things differently like, as an adult. Yeah. Oh, back then I didn't get it. it was like you're always working, you don't love me, but I get it. Yeah. She she really wouldn't love me if she would have been a bum and homeless. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She would have been selfish, right? If she would have just hung out with you all the time because Yeah, yeah. I know. And now that you're trying to provide for children too, you kind of know the feeling. Oh man, it's the, I mean it, it's a pride thing for me, man. It's like I I, I, I hate to be like demanding. It's just a pride for me. I don't care what sex you are. It's, I don't want nobody to ever say I wasn't in my kid's life, even though I don't care what people think. And that's weird. I know it's a weird thing. I don't care what people think about me as a person, but as a parent, as a father, yeah. the last thing I ever want somebody to say is that you're a bad father or you're not. Uh, uh, you're, I got custody of my kids, so I, I wish somebody would tell me that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you say that you can see it um, from your mother's perspective now that you're an adult, because um, when my kids were little, they're like, they're like getting older now, but when they were little, I used to work a lot because I was a single mom and it was stressful. And there would be times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've seen my kids for three hours today. Yeah. And the older they get, the more they realize like, damn, mom really, mom was really, yeah. And and that's not like, even though, like I said, my mom was a workaholic, like my dad tried to be there. It's just addiction really, yeah. yeah, especially during my teen years, early twenty years, those were where, where he was really lost. Um, but my mom was was awesome. With my, my mom is that she never had extra money, but when income tax came, she knew she could spend a little more. Aww. So that's, that's cool. that, like we have Christmas, Christmas be okay with my mom, but income tax seasons, we had TVs, we had VCRs, and like oh. <laughs> 
I know what I know I know she was getting paid a little bit better once she put a phone in my own like I had my own phone in my room at 15. So but my own oh, yeah. lives. So I know I, I made it. I made it. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy because like when I was um probably a little bit older than 15 though, I had my own phone line in my room. I mean I paid for it, I was my my line, but like just that 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 was a thing that we did and that we thought was like the shit, you know. And like now everybody just has cell phones, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, but when I back then, when you had a cell phone, you had money. Yeah, like, the cell phone thing. Was there was like, no cell phones when I had my yeah, phone. Yeah, the little yeah. cell phones were, were too expensive. Like you had to sign your, your your life away just to get a cell phone back then. And my mom wasn't. My mom had a cell phone towards my um teenage years. But we couldn't use it to after seven. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Those... I'm like, I need him to pick me up now, mom. <laughs> those early cell phone days were dangerous, man. I remember this this a girl I liked. I used to talk to her on the phone, and I ended up with like a five hundred dollars cell phone bill. Oh my gosh. Because of oh, minutes, God. minutes and shit, you know? Oh, my mom would have put me to work so fast as I did that time. <laughs> I, I I, I would just call my my grandma for a quick minute. All right, that's enough. I'm like, damn, huh? You're so cheap. But now I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I didn't like. But that makes you think too. Then it couldn't. Now that everything is not free, technically. I mean, everything is pretty they much unlimited. Yeah. They could have been doing that. They were just trying to milk it into somebody's like, yeah, we could do it for free now. Yeah, and no. also, um, there's no really long distance anymore either. No, no. Well, unless uh, you call out of, out of the country, but yeah, long distance. I don't know. Yeah, international. You you probably pay for that, but like you know, long distance calling isn't really a thing anymore. Like it was when we were growing up. Yeah, I uh, remember. I had I, I knew this girl, and she wanted to call um, a different city. <laughs> she wanted to call her mom in a different city, uh, but it was still the same area code. And my mom like freaked out. She's like, "No, it's gonna be long distance. We're gonna charge so much." I'm like, "Twenty five cents It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I believe you. Yeah. Like I said, when my dad would call from collect from jail, my, my my grandparents would talk to like, that was a real thing, you know, after the answer oh, machine. Yeah. My mom would too, yeah. back and forth just answering through that that little part where they let you hear. Because we couldn't that was almost three. Oh, like you would like talk during the recording part? Yeah, like yeah, you would yeah. say you know, like that commercial, like it's Bobby, we had a baby, it's a boy. And then yeah, dude, I used to love that commercial. <laughs> I used to, oh, I, I used to love that commercial. He's like, it's what well, I mean. We really did that. So yeah, my mom, speaking of that commercial, my mom would always just go, "Why did he say it's a pizza boy?" <laughs> he didn't say that. No. Yeah, man. But no, it, it's amazing how how the world just changed. Like, can you imagine going to shit without a phone now? Oh no, I couldn't. Even like, if like I've you could get it. your phone at home, I couldn't imagine I've that. I've done it, but I'm like, I'm looking for a rope. Like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It's horrible, man. Like, it's crazy how addicted we are to our phones. And, you know, we're like, I'm not addicted. We're addicted because we could watch a movie and just out of spur of moment, let me check what's on Facebook real quick. You know and, then, and then one thing leads to another, and you're not paying attention to the movie. Anymore. And you're not paying attention. <laughs> yep. I do that sometimes. You know, I'll have to rewind whatever's shit. Happening, you start watching videos on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy, man. But um, I, I, I forgot what's the comedian, man. He said it. He said, uh, that, that's how they get you through the phone. So you'd be paying attention to everything that's on your phone, but not what's on TV or in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a huge distraction. And, and from what I understand, like, they can see, like, how how long you looked at what you looked at. And then that oh, creates yeah. an algorithm. And then they can feed you other shit that, that yeah. 
Because the longer we're on it, the more money they make. Yeah, I worked up for a cell phone company uh, a few years back. Oh, what? Give us a dirt. You 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 will be surprised with the shit we we could find through your phone. Like if you go like, oh, I need to fix my phone. We'll go through your phone and then we can see how many minutes you use calling, how many uh, miles you, you yo. A bunch of stuff. You can even see how many people you text and what you text if you really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh, give me a second. That is pretty crazy. Dang. And that, and that was a while back, so imagine what they could see now. I know, right? Because right, now with the phone, with the cameras. Like, oh, I don't know I if you've seen that picture of Zuckerberg a few years where he has his laptop with a tape over the, the camera. So oh, interesting. That's interesting. He knows something that we don't know. <laughs> he would know, right? Of anybody, yeah, he would know. Oh, of course he would know. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Hey, uh, so back to back to Trenton. So you're growing up in Trenton. Uh, at what point in your life do you really like feel like that you're that? Oh, I guess no. Uh, where did you kind of get into stand-up comedy, like discover it and things like that? I don't know if this is a typical answer, but I was always funny. I was always, you know, I was always a big kid. I was always athletic. Like, I was <laughs> running everywhere, walked everywhere, rode bikes everywhere. But I was still a big kid. I liked to eat. Uh, so I always felt like I was confident, and, and, and I had to be confident. So before you could get on me, I'll get on myself first. Oh, yeah. And then from getting on myself, I get on everybody else. Because once you get on somebody on yourself, I'm like, all right, you can't really say much on him. So it started like that with just being funny. But then in high school, I remember, like, I want to say easily 10 times a year, you can hear somebody, you should do stand-up, you should do stand-up. I'm like, and I would laugh it off because, you know, I'm like, I'm not thinking of that. Right. But then like I, a kid and, at that point, too. <clears throat> yeah. I graduated high school. I, I got a little job and I started saving. I'm like, man, I want to be an actor. And in my head, I'm, I want to be an actor. So I saved money enough to go to California and then wow. I met a girl. Yeah, I met a girl. And from there, uh, I just stopped caring about my life, in okay. a sense. Oh, you never went to California? No, I never went to California. I saved the money for it, but I never got to because I met a girl and I didn't want to leave her. I thought I was in love. Then she became pregnant. And we're, you know, but... What really pushed me to, to to finally say fucking and do comedy. Um, thirty years old, I was in the one warehouse job, and I was like, I was just so. At the time, I didn't know what to call it, but now it's called depression. I just every I just go home, sleep, woke up, eat, and this is with kids. You know, I mean, like I wasn't even there for them for that little part of like maybe three four months stretch. That like I wasn't going out with them. I was like I would give money for them to do stuff, but I wasn't doing fatherly things with them. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, bro, like this is like I admit it now that I'm 35, but I would never admit this back then. I mean, I'm more honest with myself now. So I'm like, you know what? I came. I spoke to my kid's mother. I'm like, tomorrow I'm going in there and I'm going to get fired because I was intentionally trying to get fired so I could get collected unemployment. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna just say that, but I already knew. I had a feeling. That the next day I'm gonna get fired. So I told him I'm gonna get fired tomorrow. I'm just let you know. Very next day I'm gonna look for an open mic and I'm gonna start uh, and I'm gonna start doing stand up. And that's ex- exactly how how it happened. June 27th, 2019 was my very first open mic, and that's when I started my comedy uh, 
career, I guess you want to say, if you want to call it that, uh, my road to doing comedy. Then I got to do an improv in that same year on August. And so I was in, in doing improv and stand-up at the same time. Oh, nice. And the pandemic hit. Right right when I felt like I was getting booked on some certain shows in New York. My last show was uh, March 15th, 2020. Yeah, and well, that time for pretty much everybody. Yeah, and like two weeks later, everything got closed down. I'm like, oh. That's so um, that's so crazy that you started comedy in 2019 and June of 2019 because I met you probably about a year later on Zoom, and yep. I could have sworn you were like a lot more seasoned than one year in. Well, thank God, you know, like I said, even though I'm from New Jersey, I'm born in Jersey, I never did comedy in New Jersey. I I told myself I'm not gonna stick where I'm at where I know because then I get comfortable and I might stay a New Jersey co- comedian. Nothing, per- nothing like personal or nothing like throwing shade at that. If that's people come, I actually wanted to be a traveling comedian, like uh, George Wallace. I'm like, I didn't want to be famous, famous, but enough where I can make at least a couple hundred K a year during this yeah, comedy. Yep, you know? yep, same, same. <laughs> I'm not asking for millions, you know, I, I, I just want to live comfortably. Yeah, do what yeah I love and travel do. the country, maybe the world. Yeah, you know, and travel the country, travel the world if, if it lets me there, you know, but uh, I, I honestly just want, I just want to stay. True to the comedy, you know. What I mean, like I know for some, for a fact, even if I become a billionaire, I'm always do stand up because I genuinely love that high. I, I you guys, y'all guys are called comics, you know. Like y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when yeah. you're on that stage, you're like it's an adrenaline rush that you just oh, you crave every all the time. And as soon as you get off the stage, what is what's the feeling? I want to go back on. Yeah, and for me, for me lately, um, like the more I like every time I do it, I feel it more. Like every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's it's an it's it's an addiction, man. But <laughs> a positive one, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't promote shows I do that much unless I really want somebody to come out and like I, I did the Philly is funniest. I needed votes, that's why I promoted that. But I try not to promote too much shows because I wanted to eventually just. Or organically get noticed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay for people to, to share my stuff. I'm not. I don't get mad at that. I don't even post clips on on Instagram. I don't but really either. I get enough clips where I feel like, all right, now it's time. Because you know, my goal. So you can understand where I'm going. Like I'm going to pay for my own half hour comedy special. I got to pay for venue, and so I don't want none of my material out there that I'm like, yo, this is fire. I can't even if I know it probably has shares. I got to say. I got to say this. And that's my goal. You know what I mean? I don't know how many, two, three years, hopefully, I can get enough to round it up where I can actually throw a, a, an official um, half-hour special and then try to sell it to HP. But that's my goal, man. And um, thank God that I've been doing comedy. I haven't been heckled yet, and I haven't been had a crowd that's quiet. And I'm like maybe one of the very few comedians that can honestly say that. Because, you know, I, I know a lot of comedians admit that, oh, I had a bad night. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to bomb. And I mean that so wholeheartedly because I want to know the experience. But I guess I'm too fucking funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, like, dude. I fucking bomb every fucking night. Try, it's like, fun. I don't try to bomb. Let me not say that. But, you yeah. know, like, I, as much as I want that experience, it is what it is. I take it however it comes, man. Because I've been told by some of the best comics that I know personally, that it's a feeling that you'd never want to have again. <laughs> but it will happen if 
In the moment, yeah, it feels like one yeah, of those yeah, the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people. I won't dwell on it. I'll probably like, they're like, damn, man, not tonight. But uh, I think I'm more headstrong than uh, a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> so I like it's it's all how you look at it. Like some people bomb and they don't even realize they bomb. They just think they had an off night, you know? Yeah, I, I respect that confidence. <laughs> <laughs> So going back before the pandemic, you said that you never did comedy in Jersey. Uh, was it just Philly? You went to New York as well? Philly, New York were the main two spots. Philly was my main spot where I did open mics. When I get bug shows, I, I did in New York. And then when I went to New York to do a show, they have open mics during the whole day. So if I have a show at 830, I'll go to a two o'clock open mic just so I can work on my material. Just so I can be, you know, sharpen my, my my sword. So yeah, I did that pretty much from I want to say September 2019 to March 2019 was when I was going to New York a lot. Um, <clears throat> and then Philly, Philly, I love Philly so much. Like sports wise, we don't get along, but <laughs> <laughs> they they embrace me with open arms so much. And when I tell you, Philly is another home to me because. All, all the comedians that I know that are from Philly, they, without a problem, gave me the right guidance. And I get it. You know what I mean? Like, you, people don't have to. But the fact that they went out their way and tried to give me guidance, like, when I did one of my mic, open mics, I thought I killed it. In, in my head, I'm like, I killed it because I got a lot of laughs. But, you know, I had one comedian <clears throat> come up to me and like, look, you did a good job. I'm not going to say you did bad. But learn how to space your jokes. And that's where I, I got my, my timing. So it's okay. like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still learning to this day. Yeah, um, same. I feel like four years in, it's still not enough time to, for me to be called a comedian. That's me personally. But uh, when somebody's like, yeah, that's, com- that's uh, Chino De Leon, he's a comedian. I get happy when I hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've struggled with that myself. Like, you know, am I a comedian? Am I an amateur comedian? Like, what, where, where do I kind of stand with this? And I've been doing it for over 10 years, and I still feel like I'm learning every time. I think you're supposed to feel that way. I think you're supposed to feel like you're constantly learning because you're talking about, like, your audience is not going to remain the same. There's going to be different yeah. generations of people yeah. that you have to learn that humor. Different cultures. Yeah. Different I, age groups. Mm-hmm. I've been in a room full of uh, <clears throat> what you call elderly folk where I had to read the room and know that my jokes that work for 20-year-olds ain't going to work with these guys. So my, I write material for every every genre, every kind of person. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't do is I, I still curse, no matter the age. Now, <laughs> I always tell the, 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 the promoter, is it a clean show? Because it's a clean show, I'm I try my best to clean up my material, which I've done before, but yeah. it's just, I don't feel authentic cleaning up those jokes because for some reason, fuck just sounds a bunch, much better. You know what I mean? I gotta enjoy that, man. But I get it. Don't get me wrong. Dave Chappelle said it. Comedy, everybody has a hero in comedy. No matter what political view, whatever religious view, whatever, anything, any background, there's a comedian for any of them. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I get that. And I met a few com- comedians that I know I would never do a show with because yeah. they're more on the clean side. But mm-hmm. I, we could joke around behind scenes and you hear the same person that you're not cursing on stage 
will be cursing right in front of you in the backstage. So I get it. You you play to your your um your audience, and maybe that's eventually I gotta grow out of. Like you know what? It's not about me. It's about the people that are actually listening to me. And if I really want to be heard, I know I gotta clean it up a little bit. But <clears throat> I don't think I'm really that bad. I just say a little bit too much curse words. <laughs> I, I, think I don't really talk that. about nothing group tests. I don't talk about sexual things like that. Besides the one joke, I'm pretty sure y'all heard that. Um, <laughs> this, that I can say it. My most of my jokes is about me, my kids, and my weight. <laughs> nice. You mentioned uh, <laughs> you mentioned that everybody has a comedy hero. Who's your comedy hero? Oh man, that's always or heroes, I guess. Because I can never say one comedian because it's the, these, I'm going to name the, the comedians that for me were very, very, very crucial in my life, just in general, that made some of the worst days feel good. I'm going to start with Martin Lawrence. I feel like oh, nice. he doesn't get the, the due diligence and respect of what he created with um, Def Comedy Jam and just the movies he did, his show, one of my favorite shows of all times. Um, so did I could definitely Def Comedy Jam? Huh? Did Martin Lawrence create Def Comedy Jam? He was the first original host. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, he was the first original host. Um, so that's why when I and mind you, when I was watching that, I was just supposed to be watching that. But like I said, my grandma didn't care what I was doing as long as I was safe. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a bunch of stuff I wasn't supposed to watch at age. But uh, Martin Lawrence definitely up there. Um uh, another comedian, uh, rest in peace, uh, Bernie Mac. I just, I just loved his bluntness, but he made it in a sense where it was funny. He was so. It's not too many comedians that can talk about nothing and make it funny, you know. Mm-hmm. He was one of the very few that spoke, and I'm like, oh, maybe a lot of his stuff that he won't cut today, but different times back then, you know. Um, <clears throat> definitely, Will Smith. Will Smith was up there because he was just a funny dude on Fresh Prince. That's where comedy came from for me. He was just too funny. Back yeah, then. he Even was though amazing. he was a rapper, he didn't that comedy, I mean, the, the show. So Will Smith is up there. Um, and then Dave Chappelle, man. Of course, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle made me want to do comedy the most. He's the one that influenced me very young. Very, very young. And of course, I got to shout out a Latino, George Lopez, uh, even though he's getting a bad rep lately. But I never had a problem with George Lopez. Obviously, I never met him. But everything I watched George Lopez from his sitcoms to his stand up, he always made me laugh. Right? <clears throat> to this day, I still quote some of his jokes and on to people that I watch his stand ups with. So ain't nothing. I used I to, love- uh, I used to love his sitcom. Yeah. Oh, but you see his new one, Lopez vs. Mm-hmm. Lopez. No, I haven't. I, no, you know what? I think did I? No, I don't think I did. No, I don't think we did. it's great. I like yeah. it. It's actually really funny. Like you know, I don't boost sweet comes like that, but that was really really funny. That's cool. Maybe well, I'll check fan, it out. We're fans of sitcoms. So. Oh yeah, we are fans of sitcoms. That is <laughs> yeah. If you have Peacock, it's on Peacock. Um, okay. Shout Peacock I do. <laughs> as a uh, as a wrestling fan, I am required to have Peacock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then yeah, you got <laughs> But the premises of the show—I don't know. If that's his real daughter in the show. Oh wow! And uh, I don't know if you know too much of George Lopez, but he admitted that he wasn't the father he wished he should have been. And uh, around the pandemic, where him and his daughter were actually really got close in real tight, 
And then the show was born Lopez versus Lopez because it's the same thing. She, wow. Even in the beginning, in the entrance of the, of, the, of the show, she explains in TikTok form too. That's funny. I would say give it a try. If you don't like yeah. it, then that's understandable. It's funny to me. I like it. Can't wait for season two to come out. <laughs> I like it. I like I like George Lopez and I you know Martin Lawrence the same and Will Smith. Uh, I think one of the biggest appeals for me in their comedy and their humor is how expressive their face is. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of, I don't mean to be expressive with my face, but like, I, I feel like I, I, I resonate with that a lot with expressive facial, uh, movements, the big eyes or like making a face, like, I don't understand this or something. No, like yeah. that. I think that's, I, I think it's very critical to comedy is to, to show how human you are and how human we are dealing with humor. Uh- you said it perfectly. <clears throat> they always say stage presence, you know, stage presence yeah. is what makes people like a comedian. But it's actually what they see your face. Like, I'll give I'll give a lot of credit to um, stand on the improv. Improv showed me how to use the stage more. Yeah. You know? And uh my face is you know how many people come at their show I'm like, man, when you did that face, so when you say that, like I get it. You no, know? I I trust my and it's many people, like, they come to yo, when you did that face, I laugh. Like, so I was like, all right. And then, you know what sucks is that when you, they telling you what face, you don't remember, so you can't yeah. do it again. <laughs> like my old face? No. Like, but remember when I did that, um, when we were doing the riff, your riff, um, Athena, and when I did the improv the one time, somebody wrote on, on like, my goddess face, had me dying. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, Chino. Was it the movie one where you the movie theater one? Yeah. <laughs> the movie one was one of the funniest things in oh my, my life. Oh my gosh, it was so epic. That was I wanted so funny. My kids to freaking animate it. That's how much I loved that. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah that they do. The- you gotta let me see that. <laughs> that was one of the best sets. I mean, there's been a lot of good, a lot of good hitters on that mic. But like that's one of my favorite sets that happened on that mic. I appreciate it, one. man. I, I just Whenever message I ever brought, just want people to know is that I just love doing comedy, whether it's improv, stand up, writing. Like I write a lot of material that I, I don't think is funny, but I, I thought at the moment I thought it was funny, and then when I re-say it to myself, I'm like, eh, that's staying in the archives. <laughs> but it's just, I, trust me, man, I, I really do enjoy comedy. I'm not here to get rich off of it. I'm not one of those. I mean, and if I do. Thank God, because I'm broke as hell and I don't want to work no more. (laughs) But I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just trying to, I want to be like, yeah, one of the best comedians. I don't want to be the greatest. I'm lying. I do want to be, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, (laughs) I'm being honest with myself. You know, Um, I just want to just enjoy, I honestly enjoy making people laugh. That's just something I really enjoy. I'm not trying to be Chris Rock, but like, I do want to be able to do comedy and and get some money to Mm -hmm. compensate. Absolutely. Oh, 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 I agree. I uh, when I said I'm not trying to get rich, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a millionaire, but I, I want to be a thousandaire at least. You know, <laughs> a thousandaire. <laughs> I want my my goal in comedy is to like my made like my end goal is to not have to have a job to be able to just live off of comedy. I agree. That's why I want to be. That's why I said I, I would love to be a traveling comic. I named George Wallace earlier because. What other? I mean, there's a lot of comedians you can name, but George Wallace is one that you don't see on TV, you don't see in movies, 
but he's headlining in Vegas. He has uh, he's going across the country, yeah. like, and and he's funny. Like George Wallace is a, a legit funny comedian. So if my career comes anything close to that, like, I'm gonna be happy. I'm a happy camper, dude. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of comics I've seen come through Tommy T's who aren't like necessarily famous or on TV or whatever, but they're funny yeah. as hell and they sell at comedy clubs all over the country. Yeah, I know a lot of comedians like that. I know, I mean, not personally, but you know, like just by hearing their name. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of his name right now. I can't remember his name. If I remember, I'll bring him back. But it's like, <laughs> just stop us if you remember. Hey, so yeah. the, the pandemic hits. Everything shuts down. Comedy kind of shuts down. I think you were a little bit later to the Zoom game. How did you uh, transition from from real life comedy to Zoom? I just I remember just I didn't even know Zoom comedy was a thing at all. So I'm just thinking like, what can I do? What can I do? And then I'm like, I need to do something. I was ready to start doing sketches for Facebook. I'm like, I was writing sketches to do it. And literally that same day, I was going to start recording sketches. Um, the no uh, backline comedy club, the with, with um, Brooke. Brooke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, it was a sponsored um, post saying "Open Mic Tuesdays on Zoom." The only one that I ever seen. So I'm like, all right, let me try. We'll see what this is about. And literally, that's how I got introduced to everything else. That it was that was in June of 2020. Okay, that wasn't so, that late. I mean, maybe two months, three months into it. Into the yeah, pandemic. yeah. I heard everybody was doing like around March, April. So yeah, yeah, I get it. Brooks, I did Brooks open my maybe four, four, four or five weeks, and then I remember you wrote me, "Hey, you want to do my open mic?" I'm like, "Yeah, oh yeah," because was the first person that asked me to do it. And then after that, I, a lot of people started asking me to do their open mic. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, I don't know what it is about you, uh, but the first time I saw you on a Zoom mic, I was like, I got to be that dude's friend. <laughs> he doesn't know what I it is about you. I don't know what it is about you. It's like looking into a mirror, I swear. <laughs> Just and then you went and got glasses. You fucking Yo, bastard. And that's funny. That's funny because I didn't have glasses. I had long hair. You had glasses, but your hair was starting to grow. It was and then shorts all the time. Yeah. Amazon, yeah. I got to Amazon. I got the, uh, the uh, shorts there for twenty dollars, I got health, eye, and dental. I wasn't. That's the only good thing about Amazon. That wow, they that's good. <laughs> and I got glasses, literally, uh, right before my uh, thirty, my thirty second birthday. Nice. So, and then I had glasses, and then we were still doing the Zoom things, but I wasn't really as heavy because now the world was opening, and so I was trying to do more. Well, I actually was working a lot, so I'm not able to You were working a lot, yeah, because we remember we were trying to do a podcast with Berto, and you yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was super busy, and then Berto started getting really busy, too. Now, Berto's like doing comedy like every night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I, I spoke to Berto now, maybe a few months ago, and I was just telling him how proud I am, man, and I'm like, no, big ups for real, for real, man. I, oh, yeah. I wish you all the good luck, bro, because I see you doing it. He, he went to uh, Cali. This is when he went to Cali. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was only here for, like, three days, and he was doing comedy every so single busy. night, and it was during the week, so I was working, you know, yeah, yeah, day yeah. and stuff, and he was doing comedy at night, so I didn't get to see him. But next time... Yeah, but he's, kill- he's killing it, because I... He is killing it, man. He got the right... and He has the right um, demographic of audience, too, man, so... In Texas, to be Latino, they're supported out there, so I get that. Yeah. And then he's, like, he went to... 
he went to Cali and then he went to like Chicago and he went to yeah, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, no, he's tearing it up. What was it like for you? Um, like, like the Zoom comedy, like how different was it for you when, when you went into that? I think the answer is the same for everybody. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, really I was. see people laughing, but they're muted. So it's like, all right, I guess I keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause you know, as a community, you you want to hear the laugh. You you got like, yeah. I don't know. I want to say you want to hear it. You got to hear it to me. You know? I, I better hear that shit, you know? But then that's why I'm like, hey, man, I'm mute yourself. I don't care if you laugh over my jokes. I, I want to hear your laughs. But I get why people muted it because they want to hear us them sounding like hyenas and shit. <laughs> yeah, I think some people, I'm not going to mention names, laugh right into the microphone and like overpower everything. That's so the crazy <laughs> about the dynamic of Zoom, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody has the same amount of audio. Yeah. They should, like, they should make it so the speaker has higher audio and then the person that's not like spotlit, maybe everybody else has like lower audio. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah, you know what's funny though? Um, Sam muted me Maybe once or twice before, but but you're like, yeah, you're talking. Uh, we, we hear you talking, and in my head, I'm like, no, that's just me breathing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna tell. Them. My bad. Yeah, I'm talking to my kids. <laughs> I was breathing. <laughs> well, at least you were breathing. That's good. Um, I know, I man. Took a- bro, it got bad, bro. I, I really am working on my on losing weight. Believe it or not, I lost ten pounds since I started my journey. I stopped drinking sodas. I'm drinking just water and ice seeds. I lost 10 pounds just doing that. And now I'm just moving every day, doing more activities, going to water parks, going to parks in general. And um, I really what made me think about losing weight is because one day, I, one night I woke up and I couldn't fucking breathe. Oh, as I'm up, man. as I'm up, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, <laughs> that's scary. And I'm like, I took that one fresh air. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I got so scared. I didn't even go back to sleep after that. I'm like, damn, bro. So, but. I, I, now I know what it feels like to be face fucked by a ghost. So, oh dang, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. Because I'm like, yo, I couldn't breathe. I'm up. Like, what the hell is still happening? But I, I don't panic. That thank God that I learned that at a young age. Whenever you're going through something, don't panic and figure figure things out. Like mm-hmm. when I catch cramp while I'm swimming, don't panic. Swim as best as you can. Get out of there. Now mm-hmm. when I breathe, it's, don't calm down and try to suck in air. <sighs> so. That's how it hurt, but yeah, that's why I really am trying to lose weight, man. I'm not trying to lose my life, man. Since the pandemic started to now, I gained over 100 pounds. So, yeah, I, I really had to do something oh for my, my health. I do. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I gained 100, but like, <laughs> I do, you know, I have like the sleep apnea stuff. And then yeah. we were doing vegan for like 10 months or whatever it was. It completely went away, you know. Oh, so, yeah. And then I'm like, but do I want to do that again? Within a week. Food is so good. <laughs> Within a week, he was able to breathe better in sleeping. And then two it. weeks, two weeks, he dropped like freaking, like what, 10, 12 pounds? Something like that. And yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> that was, that's awesome, dude. I lost that 10 pounds within two weeks, too, just drinking water, more water. and yeah. I'm trying to drink more water, too, not just because I'm trying to lose weight, but because I'm old and it helps me live. <laughs> You're not old, bro, man. You know what I consider old when you can't do nothing for yourself anymore, no matter the age. Yeah. When I'm too old. Like, my grandma just turned 78. She still walks. She still walks and cleans the houses. She goes outside, cleans the, 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 the front of the house. You know, 
we just got to take care of better ourselves. Cause, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. but not. I, I definitely do because my two, my two, my I got thirteen year old, and my daughter will be eight next Friday. So I definitely wow. want to be. Your yeah, kids are getting up there too, home. man. That's crazy. Aww. Time is eight? flying. Wow. Yeah. yeah, when 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 pandemic started, yeah, she was she was four years old. Yeah, yeah. I remember her being a little she little girl. Little. Little baby, yeah. Yeah, my son's thirteen. That's oh crazy. my gosh! Good luck. And and he's taller than me. He's taller than me and his mom Dang. at thirteen. I, I always put my fist in his nose so I'll smell that. You better That's go by that. <laughs> better go by that kid of basketball. <laughs> what happened? Get into basketball or something. I don't have a sport. Hey, that's one thing. I don't have an athlete. I, I try, but he's. He's he's into the books. He's yeah. loves well, that's technology. Good he's he's actually proud moment before he um school finished. They let him know that he will be in the honors class next year. Oh, that's so, awesome! You know, yeah. So that's one, one proud moment for me for sure. Yeah. Um, I I, I strive. Like I said, even though I love comedy and I try to be good, I I try more better to be a father. You, you know, I didn't have mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get situations with my with my kids where I got to actually do it for the first time because I never had the guidance to do it. So you always try to do the right things. I know for a fact, I want my kids to be somebody in this world. I don't want them just to be average. I want them to be happy. Yeah. And to be happy, you got to do what you want to do. I always preach to them, don't stop when things go bad. Keep going because that only means you're learning. Mm-hmm. Every failure has a lesson behind it. So don't, don't let that shit sell you short. And my son... To this, he called me, and it's funny, I'm going to say this story because I get emotional when I talk about my kids. He called me Friday. I mean, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. He called me Wednesday, bawling, crying, and I haven't heard my son cry like this since he was a kid. Like, he's doing the <laughs> gasping for air. Like, I'm like, what happened, mom? And, like, I'm getting worried because he, he's at his aunt's house, and they have a, um, their uncle with, uh, got Parkinson's, so I'm thinking, hey, Damn. He's gone. That's yeah, where maybe something happened. Was. Yeah. And he was like, I um, he said, I just listened to My Way by Frank Sinatra, and I don't want you to die because I told them the day I die, I want that song to be played at my funeral. Oh. So wow. when I tell you, I had to hold my composure because I didn't want him to hear me cry. But as soon as I hung up the phone, my eyes started bawling. I'm like, wow, man. So that's another thing why I gotta lose weight, man. I don't want my son to be thinking that I left him in this world. You know, but yeah. my, my daughter is at the age where she's man, whatever, Dan. <laughs> yeah, son, but she'll need you too once she gets older to fight off the boys and stuff. Exactly. Whatever the and case. It's funny cause my dad, they always say mama's boy, daddy's girl, but it's opposite. Yeah. My son's oh, that's dad, crazy. That's fun. My dad, my son, since he was a baby, was always a daddy boy. And my daughter was his own. And I tried to make her daddy's girl, but my mom, mom wins there, man. <laughs> Which I don't mind as long as yeah, you know, I mean she's in the picture, so that's all I mind. I find that yeah. like when kids are that young, they have like the ability to flip when they get older. You know, you never know. You're there for the times that they need you, and right now she kind of I don't I don't want to say she takes it for granted, but she's like, yes, dad's there, dad's there. That's all that matters. Dad is there. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's it's so funny that you say that. Because I asked her, like, why you don't love me like you love your mom? Just asking. Just like, because you're always here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I get it. Dang. <laughs> but she said it like like she's expecting me to always be there. So. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. So it's all right. I get it. I get it. Like mom comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. So she when she oh she's but she really is a mama, you know, like when I tell you she I get jealous. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna be honest. Like sometimes I wanna fight her. I'm like, damn, dog right here, dog. <laughs> but I, I get it, you know what I mean? Because I was different. I was a, a mommy boy. Like I can admit, I'm yeah, same. Still, still, I can still say the same. I'm a mommy boy. I'm 35 and I'm still a mommy boy. The same shit that my son went through on Wednesday, I'm always going through that. I hear something or I see a, a sad story with somebody's mom passed. Put myself in that situation, and there you go, waterworks. Yeah. And then I call her, I'm like, "What are you doing, mom?" <laughs> but uh, I thought I got a good relationship with my mom. Like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she get tired of me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just, uh, I just found out how we differ. Uh, you said that at your funeral, it's gonna be was it My Way by Frank Sinatra? Yeah. And at my funeral, it'll be My Way by Limp Bizkit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my way. Just letting me know, honey. That's no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I want, I want I want corn got the life. I want corn got the life. You hear me? The What's original that? or the remix with DMX. Oh dang. I'm not much of a DMX person, to tell you the truth. I think the remix got Method Man, Red Man, and DMX. Oh, that Limp Biscuit song with DMX? Yeah, my way. Isn't that that my way to highway? It's rolling, I think. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. Oh, it's a good song, though. It's a good song. It's yeah, a yeah. song I'll listen to. I'm not, I'm not into people who bark. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, uh, so what was it like for you after the pandemic, I guess, like going back into the comedy in the real world? Um, it picked up a lot more uh, around 2022, last year. Um, that's when I actually started when I, once I left, um, Amazon, I got another job at five below just, uh, I love I, five below. yeah, um, I transitioned cause I got the job for a dispensary before I got the job for five below, but the dispensary wasn't open and it still had to go through a bunch of stuff. So I got oh, hired yeah. to the dispensary in April, but they didn't open to July. So that whole time I was hired there, but I had to wait. So I'm, I wasn't going to sit there not making no money. Yeah. So I became a store uh, assistant store manager at Five Below. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, and I only worked there uh, five days, and the hours vary between six to seven hours a day. So I had time. So I would drive to Philly, do open mics, or and then that's how I literally started, just doing open mics in Philly. I honestly can honestly say 2019 compared to now, it ain't the same because back then everything was open. Now at that time things were sort of opening. Now everything's open. Now everything that I used to go to is opening. But now I have a job that I can't just go whenever I want. But what I like about my job is the new one, at least. That is 10 minutes from Camden. The one that, because I, I work in two dispensaries. Oh, good. The one that around where I live at. <clears throat> but then I got hired to be a manager at the one I'm about to start. And they don't open till literally the ending of July. So. Once you'll start seeing much more, at least pictures of me on on, on stage, you know? um, definitely. Because I, I I really I really really want to start picking up doing um, at least open mics so I can because I got so much material I, I, I write every day every day, and it's like I got material sometimes that I'm like damn I should have said this one you know I'm pretty sure y'all don't get what I'm saying it's like y'all write material and then you forget about it the next day. Mm-hmm. 
And the next thing you go look for material, like, oh, shit, I forgot I wrote this. So, and, and one thing I, I taught myself that I didn't learn early on, I write everything I think of. Even if I, it's funny enough, it's not many times I've, I thought of funny, such, uh, funny material. And I, when I say, when it makes me laugh, I'm writing it down. <laughs> so many material that I'm like, damn, I'm going to remember that later. I just got to think of this. Nope. Forget completely. Like, damn, what the hell? So now everything yeah, is funny and nothing. I write it down just so I don't forget. And that's one thing I I would actually say. Anybody that starts doing comedy, write, 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 write. Don't be stuck on trying to go on stage. And first of all, you're not going to be successful going on stage and not have nothing prepared. Yeah, you can do crowd work. Yeah, can you can just go off the top of your head. That only works for so much time. Now, if you do a three-minute set, maybe that might work. Once you do seven and more minutes, seven minutes for somebody with no material, I tried that one time, and it was the worst thing. Like the longest time ever. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. with material, it feels like a long time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You're looking at the light. I'm like, Jesus, any minute now. Fight <laughs> <laughs> me already. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. <laughs> But you know, you know, you know who I give credit to for my crowd work, Weston. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I believe they didn't do crowd work like that before the pandemic. I, oh, I, didn't well, you have a crowd work never, open mic? Uh, not even an open mic. Well, obviously I never did crowd work open mic. But in general, when I started, when I did my show in, in Philly, uh, no, it started okay, October of 2020. I remember everybody was getting mad at people doing live shows. I went and did shows, and that's the first time I did an open mic. That's where I met Danny Rydell, Christina, I can't remember her last name. And that's where I met them at, at that show. Um, and I did my first um, crowd work there. And I, I like doing crowd work. I don't I don't mind doing crowd work at all. I sometimes write material to work in with the crowd work. So. Oh, that's good. I mean, I think crowd work also helps. Um it helps you almost think of tags and extra punches if you're yeah. if you use it like really well. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Definitely. You know, um, what's his name? Matt Rife. I know that I watch a lot of but I, I see a lot. I notice that's what he does a lot. He does a lot of crowd work. Oh, okay. But I don't like have also that's really oh. good that uh okay, so just like circling back to people who upload like their material. Yeah, I think he implemented his uploads really well by putting just the crowd work on there because exactly. you can't really, you know, kinda, know what he's going to do in his show yeah. based just on the crowd work alone. Yeah, because crowd work is kind of dead material. You know, you say it once and then that's kind of it. And, it's done. It's and you done. can say it a different way later on, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just say it once and you're not going to keep repeating it. So, yeah, it's, it's probably crowd work is probably the best thing to upload like that if you're going to do that. I agree. I agree. You know what? I always have good people. Me, I always like to talk to not the old people. I don't really want to say old, but the older crowd. I like because the young crowd likes to be engaged, but then they like too much with it. And I've been there, but I'm like, all right, bro, shut the fuck up. Literally, <laughs> 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 but I made it known that I'm like, all right, it's over. The the older folk they'll say one or few things, and then they give you that look like, all right, I'm done talking. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> like, you know, like they no, but not not in, not in like a negative way, like. I, they just won't talk no more. They just start giving hand signals. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. Um, I actually just did a sh- uh, show yesterday, and with the first time with uh, with uh, with um, 
right next to me was the ASL um uh interpreter. Wow. Yeah, so no, that was that for um okay, props to my kid's mother. I'm gonna definitely give her a props. Here. Both of my kids' first language was sign language. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, she taught and she she's not deaf or nothing. She taught and so now to this day, when we're in public and I want your their attention, we do sign language with them. So we still practice that. I know the whole alphabet. You know, like I, I'm still working on both hands because you know I'm, I'm a righty. Then when you do that, you gotta learn how to both hands. But yeah. I saw her doing my joke, so I start saying things that I know she's gonna say to see if she's really said it. I'm like, oh, you're really good at your job. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but I made her laugh, and then and literally right in front of her was like like I think it was a group of maybe four or five deaf people. So I'm like, man, I wish she could hear what I got to say. And then the, once I said that, she wrote that. They started laughing. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. I wish I had that on camera. Wow. That's the other thing that pissed me off. I don't record my sets all the time. Oh, I kick myself in the ass when I don't do that. Because I don't have a camera. I just have my phone, and I don't trust people with my phone. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's a little bit fearful sometimes for me, too. Like, if you put your phone there to film, is somebody going to run off with it? One time, yeah. one time speaking of dispensaries, we were performing at a dispensary and there's not really any tables or anything to put my phone. So I put my, I set up a little tripod and then they had like a cooler. They had like these weed drinks in it. Yeah. yeah. And I put my tripod on top of the cooler and during my set, somebody opened the cooler and closed it and my phone fell onto the ground. <laughs> and then, like, fuck this phone. <laughs> no, they didn't even see it, I guess, you know, whatever, but. Um, I should find that clip though because it's funny because then I roasted the person and I was yeah. like I think since my phone fell on the ground there's going to be a crack on the bottom left hand side of the screen because there already was <laughs> Yeah, but, oh you already had a crack yeah I already had a crack on it and so I was just like roasting the guy he that was funny you gotta pay for it if it's there <laughs> that's funny yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't mind crowd work like I told you earlier I've never dealt with a heckler one time, bullshit. One time I, I had a heckler, literally very beginning, but he was not a really. A, I was. I had a bit on wrestling. I don't remember the joke. That's how old it was. It was on my old phone. So it's one of the first jokes I ever wrote. And uh, the guy literally said, "Wrestling's fake." And the guy had a, a anime shirt. I don't remember what I said. I just remember just going in on his shirt, yeah, and everybody well, started laughing. So real, bro. Whatever I said made him laugh. That nice. at the end. I went to the bar, and he bought me a beer. I'm like, you're funny, dude. He bought me a beer. So I'm like, that that was the most positive hack I ever had. And he just literally screamed, wrestling's fake. And I kind of wish I remember what I said exactly. But I knew he had an anime shirt. I think I called it the wrong anime. And he said, it's actually, and he named the actual name. I'm like, yeah, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> he told my wrestling's fake over here, correcting me on anime. No. And then everybody started laughing. But yeah, I, I don't mind. I feel like where I am in comedy, I'm I'm prepared for everything. That's Excuse cool. me, no matter what it is. Um, you don't imagine like in like five more years, you know. Five it's more like, years, I'm definitely better be traveling. And, and that, that's better going towards me. Like, excuse me. I don't give no excuses. I'm going to be traveling. I, I even say within the next two years. Hell yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like because you have such a charismatic energy already, 
and the the positive perspective that you have on comedy and your growth and you know that you have to pace yourself I think that's just going to project you a little bit further because you're able to roll with the punches so to speak yeah definitely definitely I like I said I appreciate you saying that definitely um I'm the student in the game and like I, I I really give props to those who came before me and and I take I take well given advice right the way it should be taken yeah. you know um I, earlier I said about the Philly comedians that gave me there's one called uh his name is um they call him two times but his stage name is signed completely um he he's one of the first people that, that spoke to me about what I need to just work on, tweak certain things. And I didn't in my mind, I'm thought I was killing. But in, when I look at my recording, I'm like, I can't watch this. This is horrible. How can people laugh at me? <laughs> in the very beginning, I'm like, what the fuck? People are they laughing at me or with me? <laughs> <laughs> but then now now that I look at my videos, I'm like, I start laughing. I'm like, why am I laughing at my own shit? But that's why, because I timed it. And it, I took when I went, I did my this show on July first. I took my kid's mother. We're not together, you know, but she yeah, was yeah, around. You guys were so like friendly and stuff. I remember yeah, yeah, seeing was, her and stuff when you were on the zooms, and she kind of came, dropped off the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She simply, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, so she was just simply platonic. And um, Joe, when I tell you, I heard her die laughing. <laughs> In my head, if I can make her die laughing like that, I know I did a good job because I don't think she thought I was funny. <laughs> I honestly thought then like but I get it because my jokes is all the time here. So what the crowd see is minimum to what even my daughter gets tired of me sometimes. I'm like, all right, Bob, stop. Stop. <laughs> and my, my son is the only one that enjoys it and doesn't mind it. But he, he's he actually wants to start doing comedy. I'm like, if that's what you really do, you better have them grades up. And if your grades were where I really would they always are. I'm like, I'll start looking at open mics where you're age approved. You know what I mean? But you gotta write material. That is write really material. cool. Yeah, and you guys can kinda of go out and do it together. Yeah, and I told him write material and make sure and the, the number one thing I do it, he tried and I get it because I was his age. He tries to make older people laugh by dark jokes. I'm like, dude, that's not gonna work in comedy. It's not going to work. You do that with your friends. That's dark jokes are friend jokes. Yeah. It's not when you go on stage. And when I say not, not not like gruesome stuff, but like things, I'm like, all right, dude. To me, it was like I probably would have laughed at your age, but but uh, right, but I'm not gonna laugh in front of you right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna laugh in front of you, but when you walk away, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Was it uh, I'm not gonna lie. Eddie Murphy? But, uh, I think I definitely want to let him know that you know. Don't expect to get paid. I'm like, if this is what you want to do as a job, yeah. then you're in the wrong That's job. Because right? Right. I'm you're, you're an intern. You better have a backup plan. Yeah, I'm four yeah. years in and I got paid once. Dang. Um, Eddie Murphy, time. I think it was Eddie Murphy that said when he first started doing comedy as a kid, he was doing stand up for his adults and his, and his family. And yeah. he only would do poop jokes because that's all he really knew. Yeah, <laughs> but that would work for 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 a kid comedian. Yeah, yeah. right. It does work for mm-hmm. a kid comedian. So, yeah, but that, that that's what he said. He wants to do that, and then some other things he said he wants to do. So I'm like, he's at the age that he's gonna have want to do everything. There's a hundred things he wants to do exactly. And exactly. then as he gets older, he'll narrow it down a little more. 
Look, man, I'm 35 and I want to do a bunch of things. Comedy, <laughs> I'm always do. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to open my own comedy, um, comedy uh, club, comedy club, or a little food spot. Like that's all the things I want to do. But I'm 35, so I just gotta make sure I pace myself right. <laughs> but I think it's like also pretty flattering to have. Uh, a teenage son who would want to follow in your footsteps and do something that his dad does when you don't really see that dynamic in people, you know, you never see like some dude who works at a grocery store and his kid is like, dad, I can't wait to be a bagger like you. you know, like, <laughs> oh, that's a good bit too. You know? Oh yeah. I'm, take it the shit out of these <laughs> dad, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Eggs no, on the bottom, right, Dad? Eggs on the bottom. Oh, dang! Yeah, <laughs> eggs you know and bread. And it's it's crazy because I didn't think about it that way. I think I yeah, really didn't. I didn't either. But now that you mention it, it's like it made me proud of him more than he already was. Oh, no, seriously, I, I didn't think about it that way. One because even though at a very young age I knew I wanted to do something in the entertainment business, comedy was. I just didn't think I was stage funny at the time. Same I just knew how to too. make people laugh. Yeah. And then once I wanted to start doing comedy, that's what it was. At 22, I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to do an open mic, but it was one of the open mics that's everything, like music, poetry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I got there and I'm like, man, I'm not doing this. I got nervous. That's what it was. I got nervous. So literally, I waited all the way till I was 31 to finally say, "Fuck it, I'm doing it," and I did it. And I, the comedy is the only thing in my whole life I ever stuck to. Seriously, I ever stuck to not even no diet has ever won. <laughs> <laughs> no diet. Has well, ever it sounds won. like uh, it sounds like you're sticking to parenthood as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a must. I, I mean, not, it's not a necessarily a know, must. Though. Some people don't stick. That, you know, I had I had the right guidance with my mom. My yeah. mom always made sure that my kids came first in my life. Not that I didn't want, but I was young when I first had my son, so. I still did done things the wrong way, but it's not until my daughter came into the picture where I'm like, all right, now I really got to. Because, you know, I mean, a little bit about me is that I didn't always work nine to five jobs. I sold drugs. And so in the beginning of my, my kid's son's first five years, I wasn't, that's what I was doing. I was selling weed uh, illegally. That's funny that I, I started doing it legally. Now I'm doing it legally. <laughs> <laughs> You've come full circle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, when my like, daughter was what kind born, of experience I, do you I, have? Well, <laughs> I used to yeah. sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what I tell them. I tell them I got a passion for cannabis. I'm cannabis. The passion is really there. Like I love weed. Like I come on, man. Weed is. Mm, I love weed, man. I love the smell of it, the taste of it, the textures. <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> no, but once my daughter came in the picture, and once I knew I had to take custody, uh, I had literally, I told myself, I will never forget, it was August 17th. I told myself, whatever I have left, I'm going to sell, and then I'm going to get a job. Within a month of that, I was working at, at a warehouse that I end up leaving for comedy. So from 2017 to 2019, I was in a one whole job. Then I started doing comedy. I didn't sell drugs after that. And then I literally started doing the dispensary as legal first. So I told myself I would never go back to selling nothing illegally. 
and Tangar has been working great. That's wonderful. Jim. That is that is pretty amazing. And I hope you give yourself a lot of credit for that because a lot of people who become parents don't think that way. Yeah, you could have been the other way around. You could have been like, I have to do this to provide for them. Or I don't want to deal with this. I, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how I first started. I'm saying, I'm like, well, I got to do this because I got a son. I got a son. Yeah. But the truth is I wasn't doing it because I wanted to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? I enjoyed it. The money that was coming in, I enjoyed more than... And I'm sure it was pretty easy money at that time, too. Man, when I made a week in the warehouse, that probably made it a day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's how I really... That's the hardest part was to actually... (laughs) No, seriously, man. Yeah. When I tell you, like, when... Mind you, I want to say this. I I was 14 the first time I ever sold. So from 14, even though I got jobs, I still sold weed. Yeah. So 14 and on to literally 20, 28. Uh, 20 is when I was, I had to literally get custody of my kids. And I'm like, told myself, all right, grow the fuck up, bud. 29 came. I was 28 going on 29 when my, yeah, 2017. And then I became 30. And I never did anything illegal. I drive the speed limit like, Dude, I do everything the right way nowadays, man, because I definitely, I just want to make sure my kids know that I am trying, you know? Yeah. And my son, yeah. my, my, son my son, when I, when I used to work at Amazon, he was like, Papa, you want me to bring you something to drink? You want me to, like, very young, like, you want me to do something? Okay, you want me to, so I guess he saw that daddy was tired just those days. He did good. So, yeah. He did. But uh, now nah, he's doing good. Like, he's good as hell. He. My daughter just came back from summer camp, so I pride myself on being a good father, man. Fuck yeah! I don't care and then you else. broke the cycle. You know, you said you started at fourteen. He's approaching fourteen, and yeah. that there's none of that he, in sight. He's yeah. never been in the streets. He he's so innocent when it comes to things like that. That I like. Wow, I really like. I pride myself in that. Like, damn man, this kid hears words that I knew way before I should have, you know, like, what's that? You know, the only thing I'd worry about is video games, but I don't let him watch, I mean, play too many gross games neither. The worst game he got is probably Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, they blame the video games, but if you, you know, you teach your kids right from wrong, they can separate that from reality. Yeah, that's, that's the parent's job is like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, you know, stuff and cruelness and hurt and evil stuff in the world. But your job as a parent is not just to protect them from it, but to teach them how to regulate themselves if they encounter something like that. Number one rule, I tell them, be yourself, be a leader, not a follower. And if you're going to follow, make sure the person you're following is worth following. Because mm-hmm. we were all followers at one point. Yeah, I just chose to, to follow the wrong people my age. Yeah. And that's another thing is that I never had friends my age that were always older because I had my sister was not allowed to leave the house unless she took me. And when she took me, that was the first time I smoked weed, it was the first time I saw <laughs> titties. Up at a very young age, you know. <laughs> were you the baby? Um what's that again? Were you the baby, the youngest? I am the baby. My mom's side, I'm the baby. My yeah. dad, remember, he has Your dad has little, little babies now, yeah. I was his only son for 28 years, and then 
Dang. I can't even imagine having like And good for him, you know. Full ass grown adult with your own kids. You know, he's kind a of teenager, and then all of a sudden your dad has like fucking He's gonna get another chance. He's gonna get another chance at, at what he missed out on. Wow. You know what? Me and my dad had that conversation. We had that kind con- my, my my dad is very, very resentful on how he wasn't there for me. And yeah, I'm sure I'm he him, uh, You know what made me forgive my father? I don't know if you ever seen the special from um, Kevin Hart where it says um, where it wasn't comedy. It was him just recording his life for like two or three years. Oh, wow. Um, no Fucks Given, I think it was called. Where he spoke about his father and like, I get it now. I'm at an age where I get it. I don't know what was going through his head at that age. But I'm going through my own thing now. So who am I to judge anybody yeah. going through what they're going through? My dad was the same thing. My dad was the first person out of his family to, to migrate over here at 17. He was, and he was here for yeah for by himself until I was born, and I wasn't born until he was 22. So all those years by himself, all he had himself. Then when I was born, my grandmom and my grandfather came over, and then the rest of the family through the years eventually came. Now everybody's here except my grandfather in the past. My dad is the only I sh- I shouldn't say this, but my dad is a G. He is working on getting his um citizenship, but my dad is the only um illegal immigrant out of, of the whole family. So in a way he's put he paved the way for everybody to come over here and do it the right way. Um he came here the same way through Coyote, you know. He landed in Cali first, from Cali to Chicago, Chicago to train, and then been in training ever since. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, um, but we had a great relationship, man. I, I let him know, man, I forgive you a long time ago, and yeah. I forgive you every Good. time. I'm glad that you're able to do that. I didn't forgive my dad. I didn't have that conversation with him until he was on his deathbed. But I'm glad well, that we still had that conversation. Well, he didn't, but I did, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, for... For the sense of peace of mind, you know, not trying to get too deep, you know what I mean? Because I don't know anybody here is probably want to hear just laugh, but it's true. Some 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 of our greatest jokes come from our deepest pains, man. Yeah. And there's a joke where I wrote about my dad where I, I, at one point I didn't think it was funny at all. But now that I'm in a door and I, I can make things funny, uh, it's probably one of my, my best jokes. But remember Winston Hodges came out with his... Um, Especially about his dad, yeah. About his dad, and I made a joke. productively. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, and I was like, I made a joke where I wish kind of my dad was dead so I could have a special of my own. And it killed uh, and through Zoom comedy. It's through Zoom comedy. This, that's what I'm saying. And it killed because people that died laughing about it. But I told my dad that, and my dad's, he's here all those years, but he still thinks like a Latino. You know what I mean? You want me to die? I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> My friend's dad died, and he made a, a comedy special. That's I had to break it down to him, but I don't hide shit from my dad. My dad knows I smoke weed. He's he been to I smoke weed. But the best thing I can ever tell anybody that has something or anything against their any parent, not just their father, is if you're an adult, understand their mindset wasn't where your mindset's at. And... You can never judge anybody from their mistakes because you're going to make your own and you don't want yours to be judged. I feel that. I feel that definitely. Like um, when my dad started getting sick a lot before he passed, uh, there were times where he was like um, in a coma and we didn't think that he was going to make it. And I visited him and 
every day I visited him, it was like I was getting these like images of how he was when I was little and he was younger because he had me when I was when he was 19. And I was thinking about when I was 19, like, man, I wouldn't have been able to fucking deal with having a kid and like all the crap that he had to deal with. And then the same thing with my mother. Well, I'm, I'm a little less, you know, accepting for my mom because I feel like a lot of the things she did, she knew better. But at the same time, like, I don't cut her off completely. I still give her the grace of call me and talk to me. I love her from a distance. She knows that I still care and stuff like that. And the reason why I do that is for my kids. Cause God forbid I ever do something that makes them want to distance themselves. I want them to give me that same grace, you know? No, seriously. I agree. 100%. Absolutely. Hey, so uh, I guess let's wrap things up here. Uh, What are a couple of things that you hope to accomplish in the comedy in the next maybe year or two? The next year, I definitely want to be booked in more shows. I definitely want to start my content on social media. Make at least make my content. Uh, the The hardest thing I have right now is that I don't want to copy anybody, but it's hard not to copy somebody, even if it's just a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, but true. yeah, but definitely is um continue doing comedy, stand up, um, keep writing material, um. And keep writing material that is going to work on my on my special sometime soon. Um, I'm serious about doing my own special. I don't care how much it costs. It's going to come out of pocket. I'm willing to do what I got to do for that. Um, all the greats done it at first. You know, Kevin Hart first paid for his first special. Um, Chappelle paid for his first special. For, uh, Gabriel Iglesias paid for his first special. So I definitely want to do that and just shop it around, you know, shop it around or not just create a website where I sell it there and make all the profit. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be really yeah, cool. Do you have a title yet? Much, I would like to be just be booked more. Uh, I'll be, it sucks because I, I need to be, you need to, uh, an audience already for people to book you, at least to have you in the, on a good show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm don't do bringers. So, I That's try not to as well. Yeah, and I get it why it's there, but I won't. I don't do that now. Not not four years in. Maybe my first year. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, not now. Um, <clears throat> uh, besides that, man, I just let life come as it come, as it comes and enjoy every day as much as I can with my kids. I know it sounds cliche, but I just. Want to enjoy life as much as I can before it's time to kick the bucket, man. Yeah. Hey, so do you have a uh, do you have a title for your special yet? <sighs> yes and no, because <laughs> because I don't know how I, I feel about it right now, and I don't know if there's anything out there like that. But um, the the special I'm working on is not about it's all about my weight, but it's in pieces on on different aspects of my weight, of how I'm trying to lose weight, how people see me as a big guy, how my kids, you know what I mean? Confused things. Um, So I wanted to be witty with the word, with the weight thing, but be like a pun too at the same time. And I can't hardly wait, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is that you say it's about your weight. Uh, What was popping in my head was uh, Chris Farley's 
fat man in a little coat. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Chris Farley, you know, I can't believe I didn't mention Chris Farley. Chris Farley is probably the epitome of why I am funny. Because at a very young age, I I was mimicking everything he did. Every oh. I, oh, Saturday Night Live was religiously on when he was part of it. I was young, very young. I know like 92, 93, I was like five, six. And then once he became the Tommy boy, uh, that's it. I became a Chris fan. I watched every movie he was ever in, every movie he starred in. Like he definitely made me want to do improv. I know when he was in Second City, that was one of my biggest dreams too, was to go to Second. We literally before going to pandemic, I'm like, I'm gonna end up going to Chicago and try to do a stint in, in Second City like Chris did. But then the pandemic again, and mm, yeah, not button him. Chris Farley. Thank you for mentioning him because if anybody hears this, that. That man definitely deserves to be credited on just why I'm funny. Did you I, know that he was supposed to be Shrek? He was supposed to be yeah, Shrek. Yeah, they already, a few scenes of the film. Well, few, recorded. Yep, back in 1997 um, was when... Yep, I, I know a lot about Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and, and um, David Spade was to play Donkey. Oh, what? I didn't what? know that. Yeah. Oh, dang. Wow, that would have been so different. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like we got the best strike. Imagine, imagine being David Spade and be like, "Hey, uh, you're sorry, your friend died, so we're not going to use you anymore." Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, that was in '97. Strike didn't come out to what 2002, 2003. So, oh, so they probably just pro- dropped the project then. He probably he probably didn't think it was ever going to come and out. They probably just picked up a year or two later. Yeah, that's probably what happened. But yeah, there's Eddie Murphy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It you want to? So it worked out great. It did work out great. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge franchise. Uh, you want to plug your social media? Yeah, man, I'm on all social media platforms at Chino Got Jokes. Chino with two N C H I N N O Got Jokes spelled correctly. The only thing that's not spelled correctly is Chino because I'm different. <laughs> that's it. Um, besides that, I, if you if you hear this and you go on my platform, hopefully I'm already putting my more contact on con. Tent, not content. <laughs> um, besides that, man, yeah, just hopefully see me in a town near you. Hopefully, really soon. Uh, Chino got jokes. Chino, my name is Chino De Leon. Once again, Sam and Tina, thank y'all. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart, man. Can't wait to meet y'all in person. Likewise, man. Oh, likewise. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Tina. Appreciate it, brother.